Evan Rauer here with Warren, the Hockey Podcast, back with you for episode 31 this week. Uh, 31 episodes. 30 in. This is our 31st. Uh, this week, uh, just a kind of a laid-back, just hockey chat this week. Nothing specific on on the radar, uh, but we... Episode we, 31, not 31 Thoughts. No. That's Elliot Friedman, <laughs> yes. and, and I know we we're do often enjoy. confused with TSN and, and Sportsnet here, but it's not the same thing. But we do enjoy uh, just kind of sitting around the table, just talking hockey sometimes, even if there really is no specific direction to start with. So, There's always um, something to talk about. And, and there is through uh, BCHL uh, and the CJ and uh, the CHL and the WHL, the NHL, uh, NCAA, AHL, all these things, there's plenty to talk about if we really, really want to look for it. So, um, you don't have to look far. Lots of hockey stuff to talk about. So it's, it's fun. Um, but Evan Rauer here with Warren, the hockey podcast. Before anything, um, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Um, if you haven't, make sure you leave a rating and write a review. Uh, make sure you like and follow us on all the social media platforms and, um, share with family and friends. Help, uh, this show and this channel, uh, continue to grow. And we greatly appreciate the support. So, uh, we're on the Hockey Podcast, Northpaw Media, Breakaway Brewing, the finest in handcrafted craft beer, and Ryan Walter at ryanwalter.com, leadership guru, leadership retreats throughout not only BC, but across North America, as well as Canada. And uh, tremendous, tremendous guy, um, great leader, and he provides great insight and great information. So Ryan Walter, ryanwalter.com. Um, Starting off, one question to lighten the mood here a little bit. F- favorite hockey movie? I want to. I want to get a thought on the on <laughs> our favorite the your favorite hockey movie. Our favorite hockey movies. I know yours is probably what slap slap shot. It, it is slap shot. I guess, and I, I I have to admit, I hate to say this, but I have never seen Goon. I have never watched Goon. Maybe that makes me less than a less than a credible source uh, of hockey movie information, but uh, I, I did enjoy Slapshot a lot. It's uh, it's so bad it's good, and I, I just can't turn away from it. Well, you so. got some options. You got Slapshot. You got Goon. You have um, Young Blood. Remember Young I Blood? Remember seeing that um, in the eighties with Patrick Swayze and yeah. and everything. You've got Miracle. I forgot about Miracle. Have, I guess I don't. Um, yeah. And you have the, it, the Mighty Ducks movies oh, as well. So. Oh, please. <laughs> Can we not put them into the movie, the hockey movie category? Well, that, for me, they're hockey movies you grew up with. I right? guess so. so yeah. Like, okay. I'll give you that. You, you grew up with, you grew up with them. And when you're young, when, when you're of a certain age with the Mighty Ducks movies, you're watching it because it's hockey movies, right? <laughs> right. When you get to a certain age with another, another age with the hockey, with those, it's, Hard to watch because their famous move in those movies was the triple deke, and they always and the triple deke was as was simply just one, two, three stick handling moves laterally across your feet like that. And the best part about that even was that they did it at center ice. So, so triple deke center ice. And yet that's that and that still seemed to fake out the goalie. And then the next step with it is you hit another age where you don't really care about that. You enjoy it just for the laughs of it. Yeah. It's Goldberg and all those you just enjoy it for the plain 
idiocy of it sometimes, but the 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 laughs of it, as well as as well as when you get to a certain age of of a little bit of maturity where you understand it's less about the hockey skill on the ice and more about the story being told. So yeah, you know, so there's different aspects of how you look at it based on your age. So I guess it's the it's the same as if you were a you know a baseball uh, fan, a purist. And you were talking about movies like Angels in the Outfield mm-hmm. or The Rookie or something like or that. Or There's No Crying in Baseball. No, yeah. <laughs> there's I, No I, Crying in Baseball. And, and I say that like it was the movie title. It wasn't. But I, I say no. that referencing the, the movie, you know, with yeah, Tom League Hanks. of Their Own. That, uh, League of Their Own was a great baseball movie. There was uh, there was a handful of good good movies about uh, about baseball. Bull Durham was terrific. and But, I, you know, I kind of apologize for overlooking miracle as a hockey movie that was there's there's nothing not to like there uh, you know more than just a cameo role for a friend of the show ryan walter there as the official uh but anyway that was that was one of the good ones it just wasn't you know i wouldn't say it was funny uh but well, well, it, it, it we, wasn't well, the criteria what are anyway. we what are we basing it off of then are we basing what are we basing it off of what's funny are we basing it off of the, of the hockey, are we basing it off of the story being told, a mixture of everything? Well, Because right? if we're doing it based off of a mixture of everything, then as corny as it may be, I have to go with the Mighty Ducks movies. Oh. Only because only because of, you know, how long it's lasted. And and how, like I said, the, the years that it, that it kind of grows with you, right? And how... Each year and each age and this and that, you're looking at a different thing in those movies that that draws you in. Whether right. it's whether it's the hockey because you're young enough to not, you know, to not understand that the triple deke doesn't do it. Whether it's or the Iceland team was not a real thing. Yeah, and everything like that. Or it was, or it's an the oldest age where you understand that okay, yeah, it's hockey, but it's more about you know, friendship and the story being told and the, you know, the bond of things and coming together as a team and, you know, these types of qualities that you do ask of with your real life athletes, right? So there's, to, to me, it's the Mighty Ducks movies just because I grew up with it, but also because of that tenure of it, of of going along like that. Now, but that's it with everything. If you're going off of one specific, then humor, I'll take goon if if it's, inspiration i'll take miracle Miracle. yeah you know that type of stuff so i mean i guess i guess it's hard to pick one just because there's different ways to look at it here's the difference in age between me and you (laughs) i never would consider the mighty ducks to be a hockey movie because it was painful when they first came out i was way too old then to look to actually watch them and and pay attention and i know that you probably can't appreciate Slapshot because you were not around in the 70s when it wasn't all that far-fetched. Like, what these guys were yeah. doing was pretty commonplace. So, the, 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 that's part of the... The hair. The, the hair in this part. town make me sick. Blah, like that. <laughs> I, but I watched, I watched Slapshot with you several times. Yeah. You know that. So, And it's it's a good movie. It's... it's um, and and maybe in the seventies it it wasn't that far fetched, you know. And so maybe it it, maybe it is the difference yeah. in the in the in the times and the ages of people watching. Um, <laughs> from my perspective with Slapshot, it was hard to watch the the Hanson brothers just because it's it's one of those things where you watch it and 
you watch it more present day and you kind of see goons running around like that without any repercussions. Well, and 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 I understand, the I understand that played. the way the game was played in the yeah. '70s. I'm just speaking from the from this perspective of, <laughs> you know. So that's where it was hard for me to watch. But it doesn't mean it wasn't funny, and it doesn't mean it wasn't good. But, anyways, I just wanted to throw that question out there: the well, best hockey movie or our favorite ones or things like that. So it, because like anything else, pick something, and there's something in pop culture about it, right? You know what I'd like to see? So, and I'm this is a this is a serious thought. And I, I've been thinking about this probably for the last year or so. Growing up, was a, when I was an adolescent, a teenager, I wanted to be Derek Sanderson, right? He was The Turk was my favorite guy. I loved the way he played. I loved him on and off the ice. I would hate him, you know, as a player now, um, if, if guys were acting that way, I wouldn't let my children watch hockey or watch the news if that was going on. But back then, I wanted, I thought he was the coolest guy going. And his story from Niagara Falls to the NHL and, and then the downfall uh, in the depths that he fell to and then coming back with the help of Bobby Orr and a bunch of his hockey friends uh, to, to rebuild himself, it just a, it, I just think it's an absolutely phenomenal story from every aspect, let alone hockey. Uh, I wish somebody would make a story of the life of Eric, Derek Sanderson. I think I would I would love to see that. I'd, I'd pay to see that one for sure. Anyway, hockey movies. <laughs> you, you heard it here. Yes. Well, um, we got some we, we got some news in the BCHL. Interesting things across hockey. Yeah. Um, we can start with the BCHL. Our, um, um, you remember the name Pete Reynolds from Chilliwack? I do. 16-year-old, one of the guys that we talked about quite a lot during the uh, during the showcase. Uh, he's been picked up by Team Canada uh, for the under-17s, so good on him for that. Uh, richly deserved. I, I don't know if they're going to... I haven't heard about uh, about our, our uh, 16-year-old from Prince George. Finley Williams. Yeah, well, I, I haven't. I, I would have thought that he would be in that mix as well, but I haven't heard. Uh, haven't heard what they've done with him, if anything, yet. But anyway, I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, also, in a BC, around the BCHL, Penticton V's are o three and one in the in last four. four. <laughs> After starting eleven and zero, but they are Penticton is hosting in twenty twenty one the the now Centennial Cup. Big announcement. It used to be the RBC Cup, now the Centennial Cup. Right. So the um, the, uh, the Penticton V's will be hosting the Centennial Cup uh, in 21, which is a big deal. That's uh, that's a great place. They're going to be great hosts for that. Uh, the building and the town are going to be uh, a fantastic showpiece for for the Centennial Cup. Um, the Bucks in Cranbrook are official. I think we've we've talked about that Touched already. On that last how good, week, but yes, how good that's going to be for the league. Um, what else is happening around the BC before we move along? The BCHL? Yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to see Penticton and and Trail, Trail tonight. tonight. Um, Trail's not going to. That's going to be a tough game. That's a that's a big straight ahead team, much like Salmon Arm, uh, who is getting better and better every week. So Salmon Arm's now top the interior division, um, but Coquitlam is kind of running away with being the top team in the BCHL so far this year. Yeah, they look um, they look fantastic. And they made just, a they made a number of trades this past few days coquitlam moving some moving several guys to uh the aj 
Grand Prairie and and things like that and getting future considerations in return for for all those. So nothing to report on the returns for those deals, but several several players on the way out of Coquitlam um, and heading heading to Alberta. So, but no, Sam and Ars playing playing good hockey and uh, Coquitlam's the top tops there and. Um, we should have so there's a number of teams playing playing some good hockey. So, well, yeah, Coquitlam and, and Chilliwack in the mainland are are um, the class of that, and several more NCAA division. commitments as well that we don't want to forget. Yeah. from Surrey, several players from Surrey committed. Um, so the number is just increasing. The number we touched on when we were in Chilliwack a week or two ago. Um, Surrey having a hundred and hundred and twenty some NCAA commits out of three hundred some total players. That number is continuing to increase, like we like we predicted it would, yep. um, and it's continuing because with more guys. and more guys committing. So um, good for them. Uh, Surrey's not having a great year, but good for them. So Man. yeah, uh, on the um, on the island, uh, Cowichan Valley is is continuing to play really well. And Nanaimo's playing some good and hockey. Nanaimo, too. and that's that's a really good team. We were we saw a lot of um, a lot of promise out of Nanaimo. Uh, the interior division, I think, is the strongest all the way up and down. Vernon, it looks really, really good. We saw them last weekend. Vernon it, looks good, and they're they're near the bottom of the division. And they they beat uh, they beat V's in overtime. Yep. Uh, so and and they were in that game all the way. They, you remember you remember watching Vernon play the first time we saw them. They they were just alley ooping everything out of the uh, you know, on the breakout. They just well, the goaltender not, kept a minute. Yeah, the goaltender stole one. Yeah. Uh, and and now I mean they're three weeks later they're playing them straight ahead. So uh, they are making a lot of progress, and they're still at the bottom of that uh, near the bottom of that division. But Max Palaga um, is the the goaltender that we saw that played so well. And last weekend, I think 40, I don't know, 43, 44 saves for Riley Herbst. Uh, so he he had a great game as well. Uh, and that team, they were in that game all the way. That was not thievery when they beat Penticton in Penticton. That was not a fluke. They played him straight away. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good hockey all across the board, though. It's, and it's good to see some new teams... T- start to take it a little bit. Um, it's a, the the parody for the past is, how many years we we've seen um, Penticton, uh, Chilliwack, Prince George. Yep. You know, to see Nanaimo and Couch and Valley and Salmon Arm and all these. Um, it's uh, it's good to see. Yep. And it's it's good to see some parody and it's good to see some um, turnover, some new teams, all those things um, with it. So it. It's exciting when that can happen because it means hockey is growing and um, alive and well, constantly getting better. So it's um, good to see. I'm looking it up um, while we speak of Vernon because um, just today, actually this morning, uh, the Vipers moved the playing rights of Stankowski. Oh, really? Did uh, not see that to the V's. Really. for future considerations. So future considerations and the BCHL playing rights of uh, Carl Stankowski to Penticton. Wow. Um, and that happened this morning. So wanted to touch on that while we were talking of BCHL, Vernon, and the Vs and everything. Um, Carl Stankowski is a goaltender. Um, played, um, pleased to announce acquisition of goaltender Carl Stankowski, a 2000 birth year, and forward Tyler Ho. 
in a pair of trades. Um, Stankowski, um, Stankowski played, to, played for Hitman. Right. Um, he played for uh, Seattle in the WHL. Um, Tyler Ho played for Saskatoon Blades and the Vancouver Giants. Uh, so they're coming into Penticton um, with future considerations heading the other way uh, to Vernon. Got so. it. Well, I, I can you can see that uh, that Fred's not happy with uh, with the last couple of weeks. So, given the thing, given the roster a tweak, um, Yannick Perret is uh, is is still playing extremely good uh, goal in in Penticton. So I wonder between the two of them, between Perret and Stankowski, uh, what we're going to end up with there as far as the the as they call it load management these days. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the WHL, first of all, I touched on social media a little bit, but congrats to Nolan Foot being named captain of the Rockets. Uh, touched that, touch on that um, on social media in the past week or so. So congrats to him, um, as well as uh, congrats um, to uh, Kirby Dak scoring his first NHL goal yeah, after being caught call. up with uh, the Blackhawks. So congrats to him. Kind He's of, a, I saw the replay. Kind of a uh, gritty, kind of dirty area, uh, fluky goal, if you will, but. Um, it's a goal nonetheless, so congrats to him. It's a goal in the show for an 18-year-old kid yep. or 19-year-old kid, so good on him. Is he he probably up for a for his nine-game call? I would think so. Um, if he really sh- I think I would think it would be the same thing as really any nine-game call. If he really shows, then great. If not, then before we burn t- through ten games, we'll send you back right. before we burn your your Get first year and your your rookie contract. Start and, your deal and everything like that. That we yeah. don't w- waste anything, um, but. Goal in his first game is a good start to to what could potentially be uh, for a team that w- will likely not be there at the end of the year. Um, it's a good first showing for a young kid hoping to make it. Um, and if you're in Chicago's if you're in Chicago's situation, same way with Minnesota or anything like that, why wouldn't you bring the young guys in and give them a look? Yeah. Especially the more and more it looks like that you're not going to be there at the end of the year, give some young kids kids a look, especially if you're going to be making rebuilding type moves for draft picks and prospects, then you can allow some internal prospects uh, to get some ice time. So The difference being in Chicago, they have somebody like Kirby Dak to look at. In Minnesota, there's nobody they can call up. What are you going to do? There? Well, there's no, well, there's nobody to call that. up. Um, there's nobody to call up presently. No. Um, they just they just drafted a, a kid, Boldy. They they own that, that Boldy, right? That so, um, but he's, that if all goes well and his growth and his um and everything like that and his development, his development at the junior and NCAA levels and things like that, he could be um, a tremendous prospect for for them if if all goes well. Currently, though, I you're right. There is not much to for them to for them to bring up they they kind of have to go with what they have or they just sell out so yeah that's bill garen uh wow hazardous duty pay for bill garen in minnesota these days although they did um they pitched a shutout last night beat edmonton i think was it last night they beat edmonton five nothing or whatever uh matt savoy up to five games now with uh, with Winnipeg Ice. Well, that's it for him then. Yeah, he's he's capped four, out he's then on done on that. Has uh, an assist minus one, but uh, got his look. You you think about it. You give a kid like Kirby Dak nine games. That's a three week look. Travel with the team, practice with the team, 
play nine games, you're going to see a lot of what this kid's made of, or any kid, in a nine-game stretch. Mm-hmm. And if, if it were me, I would call him up for nine consecutive games instead of two or three here and there. Uh, so you really get a better feel. Once you get him at game speed in the NHL, now you get to see a whole lot more of what, he, what a kid is made of. Uh, once he's gotten that, that sense through practice and games, He's understanding now the speed of the game and the and and the guys he's playing with so much better that you really get a better sense of who he is. A couple of games doesn't mean much of anything, good or bad. You can get a false positive or false negative in a real short sample. Any surprises through the start of the year? We're about ten games in across the board. The only one that's really really pushing and farther along would be the BCHL, but across the board, WHL, NHL, things like that, um, we're about 10 games in across. Um, I don't know, for me, a couple surprises are James Neal. Oh, yeah, if we're um, talking about this show, there's... James Neal and and the Edmonton Oilers. Um, and for me, Andre Burkowski in Colorado. To me, there was some speculation when he, when he came in as to what role he'd play and what he'd produce. And he's kind of exceeding expectations thus far to start the year. So for, for, for me, he's doing tremendous. For me, it's not really a surprise, but no. for, for, the ex, for the expectations that he was labeled with, I'll call it a surprise just, you know, to throw it in there. But well, he's, he's clearly capable. I mean, you, he's a tremendous shot. He's a skill player. Tremendous wrist shot. He was a great pickup. Not costly, and he's a skilled guy, and he added depth in uh, in that lineup. When you bring bring in Burakovsky and Kadri, you're talking about now taking pressure off the top line, which is week to week missing Rantman for the time being. Uh, undisclosed lower body injury there. Uh, well, undisclosed, although you can probably deduce if you watch the replay of what happened. But looked like a high ankle sprain something. to me. But um, so, but undisclosed per on the record formal formal speak but um but they've got the depth though that that it shouldn't be a that much of a factor and that's nothing against Rantanen but you've now added the depth in Colorado that you could have somebody fill in on that top line and not lose a whole lot of production well yeah you're they're getting scoring from everywhere so that's the that that's the whole idea that's the whole point they put had too much pressure on that top line last year and now they don't so they're going to be fine without Rantanen although he's you know as big of an impact player as there is they're going to be they're going to survive without him big surprises uh I guess on the bottom side of the surprises maybe there's a cause for concern in Tampa maybe Toronto Calgary uh, oh, for sure in Calgary. I mean, um, again, again, we're speaking on uh, we're speaking on early surprises. Ten games in, seventy some games left to play. There's plenty of hockey, um, but early surprises um, for me is Calgary being 500, Tampa being no more than about 500. Right. Um, Edmonton, things like that. Edmonton being seven and two. Uh, no surprises for me, though, early on, at least based on our pre-season predictions. Um, the Rangers being near the bottom. Yeah. Uh, Detroit. Detroit and Ottawa being near the bottom. Right. Um, L.A., Minnesota, um, and teams like that. But um, 
Yeah, Dallas is a bit of a surprise. San Jose, Dallas is a surprise to me. Um, Paul Bizonette with Spit and Chicklets seems <laughs> is on the record of saying that Dallas is to him what St. Louis was last year. That they'll be St. Louis this year and, and turn it around. They they but, tried last year. They were terrible. Remember the owner called out Sagan and Ben around well, Christmas I'm not, time. I'm not talking Dallas last year. I'm talking I know but, this year of turning it around and doing what St. Louis did last year. But they tried to do it last year. Mm-hmm. They they were just wallowing around uh, at U.S. Thanksgiving and Christmas time, and, right, and right, then right. by the end of the year they were they were scaring the heck out of people. So yeah, they. But if you just can't keep playing with fire, like we talked about last week, you can't dig that hole and say, well, the Blues did it. Because yeah, you know, it's one team in history oh, yeah. that that did that. So don't don't try to follow that example. But Dallas is. I, I like. I have to agree. They're they're underachieving tremendously right now, and they're doing it all over. It's in goal. It's scoring goals. It's on defense. They're they're just underachieving from the top to bottom in that lineup. And that's when you get a good team that is now you know, struggling to, to try to be there, what, three and seven. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. You know, but they're, you know what, um, shout out to them, um, dealing with, uh, that tornado that rolled through. Yeah. Um, so there's more important things other than hockey going on for Dallas right now. Um, luckily Sagan wasn't living in the house, but, um, house that Sagan owned, uh, destroyed, was, uh, yeah. Ben Bishop and his family had to evacuate, um, so away from hockey, a shout out to them yeah. that everybody's safe and everything is okay. Best um, best wishes to the to the players and the people in that town. I mean, there was a, a little bit of a uh, little bit of pain there, but I don't think there were any fatalities. From I don't that think storm. so. I think everybody was safe. So Few injuries. Uh, so happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, surprise for me, um, although not really surprised based on my preseason predictions. Um, but they're playing good hockey. I know you don't like to hear it, um, <laughs> but Arizona is playing some. Solid, solid hockey. Yep. Well, they they swarm you. They play so hard for Tockett. has them just everywhere. Yep. You can't turn around with the puck without two coyotes. They are right there. They are such a high pressure team, and And it's paying off so far. They're 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 um, so far through um, nine or ten games. They're five and two, I believe. Uh, five two and one or yep. five and two. They are five two and one. Um, so they're they're Anaheim's playing, a nice surprise. They're playing some solid hockey. Anaheim's yes, playing pretty well. Vancouver, um, Vancouver's not really a surprise to me. I thought they they I thought they'd be in a place of being competitive. Yeah. Um, but it's good to see them playing well. We talked about possibly Edmonton taking a stride and becoming a bubble team. I don't think anybody thought they were going to be seven two and one after ten games. But well, here's the this question: is the can, they ma- factor. can they maintain it? Yes, though? they can. They absolutely can because these are not. Can they main not, not just playoffs, but can they maintain top of Pacific? Uh, that's to me. That's the question: Can they maintain top? Of, I I agree that if McDavid can stay healthy, right, and yeah. Drysaddle can stay consistent, I think that they are a playoff team. Top of Pacific, they absolutely they. I don't believe they can win the Pacific because Vegas is just too solid. But staying in a in a playoff position in, in the Pacific, absolutely, because of the struggles of Calgary and Winnipeg, uh, L.A. is in some disarray. San Jose is not nearly as good as anybody thought they were going to be. Um, so, yeah, Edmonton, 
Edmonton should still be in a playoff spot because they're not winning on good looks. They're winning with structure and they're winning with good, hard, fundamental play. And that's the tippet factor. That's all there is to that. But the East is a little bit more of a shakeout because other than, uh, other than maybe, I don't know, maybe Buffalo punching above their weight a little bit. You think uh, they're punching above their weight? I really do, you, do. I think they're. I think, think they're, they're good and getting better. There. But, but eight one and one. No, I. I hate to. I hate to say it, but you brought up the St. Louis thing last year. Buffalo did this, the same thing in October, November last year. They, I think, they won ten or eleven in a row, and then uh, they got into November, December, and just stepped right in it, flunked themselves completely out of the playoffs. So. We'll see. I mean, they've got to they've got to learn how to win and be confident in themselves. But that's a team that's definitely headed in the right direction. Boston is solid as always. Is uh, Buffalo a playoff team though? Well, you think based on what we've seen so far this season, are they a playoff team? I still I'm still not buying. No, I and not because I don't think they're any good, but I believe that you've got clubs like Tampa. Uh, that are going to get better. I think the Flyers are still got a lot of improvement to do. And the Islanders in Florida are right in a wild card hunt. Toronto, who knows what's going to come about, come about with those guys. But, you know, Buffalo playoff team, wild card maybe. We'll see. Well, basically, they're, they're off to a good start, which is like, as I've said before, statistically, you get. 15, 20 games in, and you're in the playoffs, you're about 75 or 80% guaranteed to make it and the st louis of last year is the anomaly right um, but throw up doesn't, the doesn't mean it can't happen again but right. it, um so far it's the only time i think it's ever happened in history so um to count on that like paul bizanet or anybody to excuse away a abysmal start for a team or anything like that would be um a travesty would be unf- no. would be unfair to to do that you You've got to come out. You got to, you got to jump it. You got to compete and produce on the ice, and you got to, you got to win. And Unfortunately, so. as you know, because you've been, you've coached and you've played and you've been around it enough to know, you you are exactly what your record says you are. Mm-hmm. There's no that. Uh, yes, bounces. Yes, injuries. Blah blah blah. You are what your record says you are. If you can't withstand a couple of injuries, then you're not that deep. Uh, if you're not getting bounces, you're not working hard enough. If everything is going against you, then you need to make some adjustments. You just cannot argue with the the one analytic that matters is wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Well, like our preseason predictions, um, based on what we see so far, we'll go. We'll leave the teams in the middle. We'll go top and bottom. <laughs> Any team, it, it, we'll start with with the top teams. Go divi- division by division. Your top teams in the division so far. W- are any of those teams still at the top at the end of the year? Do they fall off but still make the playoffs? Or are any of those teams punching so far out of their weight class that they don't make the playoffs? I in the If we start in the East, uh, right now Montreal is not in, Tampa is not in, and the Flyers are not in. I look for all three of them to either be in or near the playoffs at the end of the season. The, the ones that may, may, may be a, a casualty of that is Pittsburgh, depending on health. 
Buffalo, depending on consistency, and uh, maybe the Florida Panthers, depending on goaltending. Bob has been so good and so bad in the same week so far that I would be, you have no idea what you're going to get when Bobrovsky goes in the net right now. He's been, he's been brilliant and he's been horrible. So that's a weird one for me. Islanders, I'm still a believer in them. And I, I still think Montreal, Tampa, and the Flyers can claw their way in. Columbus, New Jersey, Detroit, the Rangers, Ottawa, no. No. But there are, there are three teams in the East that need to look out for those, and that's Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and Florida. What about tops in the West? We'll st- stay with top before we go to the bottom teams. But um, top teams in the West, your division leaders in the West, your Colorados, your Edmontons, um, and things like that. Any, any of those teams that are in your your top three in the divisions, um, Edmonton, Vegas, Vancouver, Colorado, Nashville, St. Louis, um, any of those teams fall off so much they're not there at the end of the year? Any of those teams... Um, guaranteed to stay where they are or win the division like how do we see them falling so far i would cover i would cover this bet the six teams that are in right now are in anaheim arizona calgary and winnipeg are going to fight over the two wild card spots but I, i i believe in edmonton vegas and vancouver i believe in colorado nashville and st louis i think the cream has already gone to the top and the the and they'll just teams, duke it out for first, second, or third, then, right? Basically, I I believe it, uh, and I I think Vancouver they've gotten good goaltending out of Demko, which is one of the things we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they're getting good play out of of the new kids. They're getting good leadership, of course, out of Bo Horvat, and and they've upgraded their defense a lot, especially in size and and grit. Um, the wild card is Anaheim, Arizona, Calgary, and Winnipeg, and there's only two two spots to have so there's going to be four teams looking well, that, for those two that kind of answers we'll the low low seeds then on your part that <laughs> that's that the easy one. the chicago's yeah. the san jose's the la's the minnesota's yep. won't be there no. in the west um i agree with that um i think the the other team that might have a chance of at least competing in a wild card in the west is dallas i think of the low team of the bottom teams right now they're the they're the team i see having the ability to be there at the end of the year if if they put the work in and if they can they can turn things around. Yep, um, I'd agree with that for in sure. In the East, in the East for me, um, Ottawa and, and uh, Ottawa and Detroit. Detroit, that's who I was thinking of. Ottawa and Detroit to me, those are the bottom two. Right. Um, Mantha is off to a tremendous start. Um, is he ever? But. One guy, as we've all seen before, one guy can't do it. No. McDavid's been trying to for years, and <laughs> it, even McDavid couldn't do it. So but this Dreisaitl kid, Nothing Evan. against Mantha, um, but wow. he just I, – I don't see Detroit being there. They're bottom uh, lottery type, um, and yep. um, I – I won't say – I won't, me, say, I won't say the Rangers are bottom, yeah. but I would say they're – between wild card and bottom is where they're going to fall. Yep. Um, Agreed. Columbus. First of all, Columbus, did you know Cam Atkinson is 30? I thought, yeah, I guess he I looked, didn't know he was 30. I did not know that. And I'm not ashamed to admit that he, he, to me, he looked, he looks 
13. Mid-20s <laughs> or mid to early 20s. I, yeah. I mean, I knew I he'd been around for several years, but I did not know he was 30 years old. Look at my age. Everybody looks like a child, but I guess I, I had lost track of how long he'd been in the league. Because I, I saw that the other night when they played uh, when they played the Leafs, and I I had completely lost track of the fact that he spent a couple of years in college and now he's been in the show for almost ten years. It's amazing. Well, anyways, the Columbus Blue Jackets, I think they're a team that uh, can scratch and claw, and they can they can be there if they scratch and claw for it. I think they're a team that'll scratch and claw and either finish wild card or out of it. I don't see them in the East finishing in the bottom, but I do finish. But I do have them either. Um, at most wild card. Yeah. At the least, they're falling. They're falling. You know, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth. They're so good on defense. They're going to have trouble scoring goals, and they've got goaltending questions. But uh, they don't have work ethic issues. Yeah. And defensively, Felino, they're Felino solid. And, yeah, um, Felino and Josh Anderson. Um, wow, I'd, I'd I'd love to have either one of those guys on my team. Um, the Rangers, I. Oof. They're they're not going to be there. They may not be the bottom, but they're not going to be there. Philly. What's New Jersey going to do if they Oof. don't get it together? New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey. Um, Some Taylor Hall noise this week. There was about- Elliot Friedman said, and I put this on social media as well. But Elliot Friedman said that if New Jersey can't turn it around, and there's no real traction on a contract extension. To not only be surprised if Taylor Hall is moved, but don't be surprised to see him go back to Edmonton. Now, under what now, salary cap does that's, he fit? That's the question, um, and it was a question posed uh, by our favorite goaltender um, <laughs> in response to the social media post. But he he said um, he said that uh, who would it be for? First of all, who would go back in return? Right, and second of all. Um, Taylor Hall's ready to win and he may not be ready to, it may not be happening in New Jersey but is it happening in Edmonton and I, go, I guess it goes back to talking of Edmonton a few minutes ago of whether or not they're going to be there but being there is different than being ready to win and, yeah. I mean the Colorado won the division in 13-14 walked away with, from, with it and was eliminated in the first round so I mean are they ready to win in Edmonton as well as cap questions? This is Hall. Well, if you trade for Hall, it, it will likely come with a stipulation of we'll trade for him. If we have a guarantee that he'll sign, right? That, that type of stipulation to come yeah. with it. Right. But to get him signed long-term, which is what will likely be the stipulation He'll, Hall will want 10 mil plus. And they, would, they would have to whack every single free agent forward that they have and at least one defenseman to get him in. And I don't, and their pipeline does not have that kind of strength in it. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking strictly on what Elliot Friedman said. <laughs> Elliot Friedman I, said it, and I respect Elliot Friedman. I do I too. like Elliot Friedman, but they don't. And, and you know, there's just some questions with that that to me bring up red flags as to the ability to get that kind of deal done that would send Taylor Hall back to Edmonton, and I just don't see it. They've they've already got 
two $10 million guys averaged together. I don't know where they're going to put a third one and keep their defense together. I, I don't see it. I mean, I, it's a nice story, and I'm with you. I like Elliot Friedman. I like his opinion a lot, but I don't see anywhere that that math works. I, I don't. I have no idea how anybody could. There's not enough hocus pocus in the world to make that math work. Yeah. And Taylor Hall is not a rental type either. No, he's so not he's not a guy that you, that Edmonton could trade for and bring in for prospects to push them over the edge for a cup run. He's not a he's not a rental type. No, he's a he's, he's a, a I'm your star long term type. Right, and it just. It doesn't fit salary wise with Drysaddle and McDavid and everything like that. So I, I don't see it happening. Does it mean it's impossible? No. Look at how Tampa is able to weasel their way with the cap to get things done. But I just I don't see it. Well, there's a difference though. Tampa's got done a great job on cap management, but they're also not out in the free agent market looking for ten million dollar guys. So here's what you have to do when you think about a kid like Taylor Hall. Great young player, right in the prime of his career. List, make a list of all the teams that are going to have 10 to 11 to $12 million in cap space to spend next year. From that list, subtract the ones that will do it without getting themselves in trouble with any other, with any other contracts. Then subtract from that list the number of places that Taylor Hall would allow himself to go and either sign as a free agent or be traded where he'll be on a, a sign-and-trade deal because nobody's going to give up a roster player, a prospect, and a first-round draft pick, which will be the asking price for Taylor Hall, and give him 10 or $11 million. Nobody's got that. Nobody's got that kind of assets to offer. And he doesn't have to go anyplace. So, you know, you pick out a... You pick out a couple of teams that have got some space, like Columbus. Is he going to go? Is he going to go in the prime of his career and try to rebuild the Columbus Blue Jackets? I don't see it. I got, they've got they got the cap room. Uh, well, Ottawa's that, that's, got the that's cap the room. Question, is he going to go too. there? That's the question too, because it's like um, it's like Matt Duchesne um, being in the the part of your career where. You're, you just don't want to have to go through another rebuild. You're ready to be in a place that competes for many, for several years, for many years, for at least the remaining part of your, of the twilight years of your career anyway, because up to this point, you've been rebuilding Taylor Hall rebuilding in Edmonton and now New Jersey, uh, Duchesne rebuilding in, at the time in Colorado, then in Ottawa. And now he's looking like he's at least going to play playoff hockey in Nashville, pending anything catastrophic with the Predators, right? <laughs> right. So you, you see that with guys. And thus the question I've asked on the podcast before and off air as well of what's the timeline. And right now anyway, it looks like things are going going the right way. But it's why I asked the question of what's the timeline before Connor McDavid is done in Edmonton. Because every, every, and I'm not saying that it's ever going to happen because, again, it looks like they're trending in the right direction. But it's why I asked the question because every player gets to a point where, even with a team they, that drafted them, where they're like, all right, look, I'm 28, I'm 29, I'm 30 years old. I'm ready to win. I'm ready to compete. Yeah. And I know I can help a team push in the playoffs. And this team is not doing it. So here's what, here's what I want. 
I want out. I want to be moved. I want, I'm not resigning, whatever. And you, I mean, and you've seen it. It's why I asked the question because you've seen it before. Yep. It's it's happens and it's all a the valid time. question because it happens all the time. Whether guys return home to do it, like Tavares did, to hopefully compete in Toronto, and that's a whole other question with their struggles so far in the early part of the season. But Tavares did it in Toronto to go home as well as compete. Duchesne did it leaving Colorado and then leaving Ed- and then leaving Ottawa. I mean, it, so it, it's, a, it's a question that to to ask. Couple ways to look at that. And it's a it's a valid question. In McDavid's case, another thirty win season in Edmonton, and that timeline gets sped up a lot. He, you know, he'll he's the type type of kid who won't do it in the in the public eye, but behind closed doors, he will start really making noise and and getting something done. I don't see that now because they've got Tippett and they've got a team that plays a little bit better structure, and they're probably going to be able to make some moves with their pipeline to continue to be competitive. But the problem is this, and you have to look no farther than Toronto. It's all fun and games until the playoffs start. Mm-hmm. And it all nobody nobody lays awake at night dreaming of 100-point seasons. Everybody dreams of winning a Stanley Cup. So you, you have a 104-point season, and everybody's happy. You scored 40 goals, and everybody's laughing their head off. And then you get flunked out in the first round of the playoffs and you spend the summer answering questions. So well, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of um, credibility, I guess, that can be given anymore to teams that win a division or finish at the top. Because no. we're we're now to the point where where even in a, even if things are a little unbalanced in the regular season, they're more balanced amongst all thirty one, soon to be thirty two teams of compete level sure. and how anybody can beat you on any given night. So, That's, so winning a division and being at the top going into the playoffs really doesn't mean as much today as maybe it did 20 years ago, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, and, That's why and everybody look talks at, about it the same way. You look at Colorado in 13-14 being bounced in seven by Minnesota. You look at the Tampa this past year being swept by Columbus. You look at L.A. squeaking in on the last day on the last playoff spot in 2012 and, and winning, winning the cup. cup. You know, and you see these things. And so to me, there's not, to me, if I'm a player, there's not a lot of pressure anymore to get a hundred point years or to win a division, but it's just get to the playoffs yeah. and then be a team that, and then that's where the pressure comes in to make sure you have the depth and the grit and everything to be a team that can go an average of about five games around for four rounds in the playoffs in what is statistically and yeah, statistically proven to be heavier hockey than the regular season. That's why so. everybody says the same thing every year. Just get into the playoffs where anything can happen. Hmm. It's like throw it to the front of the net. Something good can happen. Just get in and you can become that wild card team, that LA King team that wins a cup. It can happen. You don't have like, Ask Tampa how much their 120-point season means to them. It means F.A. to all of them right now. The only thing it's good for is padding your comparables for if you go to arbitration or something. Mm -hmm. If you're restricted and you go to arbitration, you want to pad your stats. But otherwise, it means nothing. So... Well, it can't mean absolutely zero just because that would mean every every team now would want to be St. Louis and wouldn't mind 
a one in 12 start because, hey, we'll turn it around like St. Louis. So you don't want to give too much credit to that. You want a quick start. You want a good season. It gets you in the swing of things, things like that. So well, you want to be anybody listening, well. anybody listening, you know, we're not saying that you don't want to play well. Just, just make sure you get in. But, yeah. But there is, but there is a, there is more to the idea of getting in and being there, and then you can compete. Right. If I'm advising a so, yeah, and if I, that if you're that absolutely right, and and if I'm advising a player as a as an agent or a father or a friend, I'm telling them to look more at how the team is built than about how cute they are and how many goals they score, how many points they're going to end up with at the end of the year, because as we've seen, that doesn't mean anything. So. When you're looking at a team for long-term credibility, you look at maybe uh, pick out two or three teams that could fit somebody under the cap. Let's say like Taylor Hall. We were talking about him originally. Columbus, uh, yeah, even Colorado could could figure out a way to fit him in if they if they really wanted to. That's not Sackick's style. I don't know. Uh, Detroit could do it. But when you're Taylor Hall, you look at a team that's built kind of small you know, uh, unproven, like, what am I going to do with these guys? I want to be able to play into May every year, and this isn't the team that's going to do it. So that's that's where you whittle the list down. Who's got the money? Who's got the assets? Who's got the team, the roster built to go deep? And that's, if I'm, if I'm Taylor Hall, and I'm just using him as, as an example, if I'm Taylor Hall, I'm not going to do a sign and trade unless it's a place where I really want to be. Unfortunately for Ray Shiro, he either, if he can't get Taylor Hall to find a place to go that will sign him and can afford him, that has the assets to give him back, he's going to lose him for free. If they have a season that ends like it starts, he's going to lose him for nothing. And I would do that because then Taylor Hall can pick his spot. But I, actually, he can pick his spot now because if 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 Shiro came along and said, we're going to trade you to Detroit and they're going to give us these three, they're going to draft pick and these two guys for you. Taylor Hall can say, I'm not signing there. You can trade me all you want. I'll run out the clock there, but I'm not signing long term. Well, Iserman's not going to give you three great assets for Taylor Hall. Who's not going to sign? Who's not going to sign for six, seven, eight years? And hence, so. hence my comment about the credibility of Taylor Hall going to Edmonton. Part of it, part of it is the the agreement, if you will, that Edmonton will trade so long as Taylor Hall comes in and then signs his extension. Yeah. And if there's he, no guarantee that Edmonton's in a place yet to compete, and Hall doesn't want to stay, or anything like that, then there's no guarantee he'll sign the extension. So why would management in Edmonton, especially since they seem to be trending in the right direction now without Taylor Hall, why would they give up a pipeline of prospects, if you will, for a guy who may or may not resign once you have him? I so, don't I I don't even talk to Taylor Hall's camp until he's unrestricted. Yep. So, uh, you know, I'm just Edmonton doesn't have the assets to give away. They could figure out how to make the cap space work, 
but they don't have the assets to give away unless they trade a contract in order to get him back. Yep. So if that was the case, I, I don't know. Who are you going to pick out of there? First of all, Taylor Hall never wanted to leave Edmonton. So you'd have to throw back maybe Nuge. Uh, Neil's on a long term, and he's he moves too much. I don't know where do you where do you get rid of enough cap space to get rid of a contract? I mean, you can't you can't necessarily bring in Taylor Hall without letting without giving a contract back in return. I don't know so I, who's that going to be. The way anyway. I sit with Edmonton is is they're obviously not done getting better. There's oh, still no. things roster moves they got to make and things they got to do, but. I'm careful with what I do because if and who I move because if you're not careful, you're trading another Hall for another Larson, right? Yeah. If you're not careful, you're trading another Eberly for a Strom who is going to flunk out while Eberly goes in and pots the Islanders <laughs> 20 goals a year. I mean, if you're not careful, you're going to be, you're going to lose. We make, we make jokes all the time, right? About in years past about the Leafs and how players struggle, players struggle. And the second they leave, they start producing, right? Well, the moves the Edmonton has made recent in the past have been kind of similar. You trade an Eberly because he's not really doing much in Edmonton and he lights it up and you get back a guy who was a healthy scratch on a nightly basis. You trade Taylor Hall, you're the last real superstar type of player that you had before drafting McDavid, and you get back a Larson who's been kind of similar to a, to a Strom. So Pretty average. I'm careful, I'm, and I'm not saying they won't be, but I'm careful if I'm Edmonton with what I'm doing before I just go, okay, I'm I'm gonna move this for this guy because no. this guy will make us better. No. That's he's he's a game changer. He's too big of a deal. He he is way too big of a deal. He's in that Tavares stratosphere. He's that good. And so he's not gonna be somebody that a guy like Kenny Holland who is real he's conservative about the moves he makes. I like I said before, I like Elliot Friedman, but I don't I don't see I don't see the universe that this works in. Well, transitioning now, we always seem to spend a lot of time on the NHL. Um, a lot to cover there. Um, we did cover BCHL. We covered a bit of the WHL. Um, transitioning as we get um, close to closing out, um, touching on um, NCAA, Denver, nationally ranked. Top-ranked team. Right? Number in the one. Yeah. Um, Minnesota State. Mankato, good for them. Um, they are ranked number two, so good for them. Um, I saw some surprises. And we in went, those we rankings. went through the top ten. There, there's, there's some surprising teams that are there and aren't there. North Dakota, at the time we looked, was not in the top ten, um, but there was Clarkson, there was Cornell, Quinnipiac was uh, Quinnipiac top was 10, there. I believe. Um, I believe Yale was there. Um, Penn State was there. Um, so good for, good for them. It's, uh, good to see some parody there as well. So, um, and they only play weekends. So again, they, they've played the fewest games of any of the, any of the hockey going, um, with only four or five games, but yeah, it's early uh, on so far, uh, Denver university, the Pios ranked number one, 
in both rankings, the USC, the USCHO, and the and the RPI. Uh, they're nationally ranked number one on both, um, at least the last time we looked. And Minnesota State uh, was number two. Those kids in so. Wisconsin are torching it up, right? Wisconsin's playing good. Yeah, they're playing well. They're they're playing good hockey, playing very well. So man, uh, uh, the two kids from the U.S. national team, Cole Caulfield and Alex Turcotte, both of them came from the U.S. national team last year. Uh, both first round draft picks, and they are just killing it. And that's why that's big reason why Wisconsin has jumped into the top ten for the first time in quite a long time. Yeah, they're they're playing well. That um, U.S. national development team had a good number of players that are going to make be making an impact in pro hockey for years to come here in the, in the foreseeable future. That was a um, monster of a team. Turcotte and Caulfield, year. Boldy and Hughes um, go down the list. So yeah. um, good for them. Uh, good for Denver University, Minnesota State, Wisconsin, um, and all those teams for getting in the top ten early on in the year here so far. Get out and, and see um, these guys. You know what look, we need Look to- for the L.A. Kings and Colorado Avalanche to play um, at Air Force Falcon Stadium in, in – uh, in the spring, in their out- outdoor game, their stadium series. Oh, that's um, right. That's at the Air Force Stadium. Okay. So, so and and that's a tremendous. That'll provide some tremendous mountain views for for those watching. So that's that, a beautiful that's, place. It's a great place. We saw a football game. Uh, there we did. Once. We did. Um, so, love the Air Force Falcons. Good for them. Um, but yeah, uh, what are we looking forward to the coming week? I think at the at the junior level, you're going to start seeing uh, teams the way we d- we saw Penticton in the last 48 hours, uh, having some struggles, showing some frustration with uh, with the way they're playing. Made a couple of player moves, which is way easier at the junior level. You can see, you know, you, as you see with a, a roster rebuild like the Kelowna Rockets, um, you're going to see a lot of um, you're going to see a lot of shuffle there. In the um, in the NHL, you're there are going to be places where there are going to be organizations between now and U.S. Thanksgiving, which is still what, almost a month away, uh, that are going to start showing signs of wear. Teams that are underachieving, you're going to see coaches on the hot seat. You're going to see um, players being called out. Now is when the underachieving teams are really going to show where the where the leaks are, right? So you're going to see guys... You're going to see guys that are going to be under a whole lot of strain to perform, whether it's coaches or players or even GMs for that matter. So that now is when now is when the um, when the tension gets ratcheted up uh, between now and the 2025 20, game mark. Yep, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Trail tonight. Um, That'll be great. As of this recording, uh, Trail Smoke Eaters and Penticton Bees play tonight. Uh, we will be there live in person, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, should be a good hockey game. Trail is playing some very, very good hockey. Yeah, that'll um, be a real good test. Looking forward to uh, keeping up with a little bit more with uh, NCAA hockey as they continue. Um, you gotta, so, here's, what, here's what I want to watch this year. There was such a great crop of guys that came out of that first round, first and second round of the NHL draft last summer that went to NCAA the way they're playing, a lot of them, uh, Caulfield, Newhook, um, you know, all these guys, I think Kaliev, and there's a whole lot of guys that went into the NCAA. Are they, are, are they going to last one year? Are they going to last two years? 
uh, what kind of when their season starts to take shape around December, January, uh, we'll see how long they stick around. And and always and a lot of those decisions are made in the spring. As they as they flunk out of the playoffs, uh, you get your you get your big league call up. I'm going to quit school and go you know sign my first entry level deal, or I'm going to re-sign in school for another year. Those are the fun things to watch take place, and it starts now. It doesn't end now, but it certainly starts now. Yep, it should be exciting. Um, but yeah, so a lot going on in in, in hockey. Not a, a lot specifically to talk about, but a lot just kind of blanket umbrella. Uh, a lot to talk about, and there always is come hockey season. So there's always something. So um, I'm more, it's exciting. More and more focused. Don't we spend a lot more time? Regardless of who you're talking about, what team, what league, what organizations and players and everything else, don't we spend a lot more time on the business of hockey, even at the minor hockey level, the money involved, the business of, of making making ends meet one way or another, whether you're talking about an $82 million salary cap or whether you're talking about a, a budget for a minor hockey organization, you've got to make ends meet, you've got to make the the math has to work mm-hmm. and and that's probably something we need to spend a little bit more time on in the in the coming weeks because it always comes into play what's the first thing you ask about when you talk about a franchise moving in junior or a minor hockey organization that's struggling or a an NHL club that's got to make roster moves in order to compete the first thing you go to is the math you go to the checkbook right off the hop. You can't you can't do anything if it doesn't work. So I, I think that's worth some focus. No, agreed. I, we, we can definitely spend some time on that. Um, but you know what? Um, thank you to everybody. Um, it's kind of a quick transition episode. Not a lot of pausing and a lot of um, breathtaking, if you will. Um, <laughs> well, it was breathtaking for me a couple of times. I. <laughs> But anyways, thank you again to everybody, to the listeners, um, for for tuning in. We can't do this without you, so we appreciate it. We really appreciate Um, it. Head to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, War Room the Hockey Podcast, at War Room the Hockey Podcast, and at War Hockey, respectively, um, on those platforms. Give us a a follow uh, and a like. Head to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate and review, um, share share episodes you like, share the show as a whole with family and friends and anybody uh, anybody you can get your hands on and we appreciate that as well. Uh, th- we're spanning the we're spanning the generations here. Yes. Right? We're uniting yes. young and old every week in the studio mm-hmm. and we've found a way to get some commonality out of it. <laughs> so we yes. would like to we'd like to put that out there for our listeners. Help us keep having fun. Help us keep uniting the the next generation with the old guys. So <laughs> we we like to think that that War Room is really taking a leading role in that uh, in that effort. We're setting a trend. We're yes, leading, we we're are. leading the charge. Thank you for joining in studio again. <laughs> Always fun. And thanks uh, for having me. I'm Evan Rauer with War Room the Hockey Podcast. This has been episode 31. 30 episodes already in. Wow. Seems like we just started not not too long ago. No 30, 30 episodes of this being our 31st. So Evan Rauer with Warm the Hockey Podcast and episode 31. Thank you all, and we will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers.